Jasper. This is just going to be one giant stupid quarantine episode of ridiculousness. Hi, we're JF. Thank you for joining us. We're all stuck at home. Well, Alex is Okay, I'll do it if you drink Coke Zero Sugar. Go. Boo, 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 boo. Wonderful, wonderful. Okay, you guys want to talk about Picard? Yes. John, let's uh, talk about Picard. Picard. Sir, John, look, Picard here. Uh, <laughs> flowers! <laughs> <laughs> uh, if only he I had shown up. I just finished watching it, like, uh, like finished the entire season about oh, half an hour ago. Uh, so Good for you. Yeah. Fresh hell for you. Yeah, I will say, <clears throat> beyond episode three, the episodes got at least more interesting, if not better overall. I will agree with you. It seems seems like a, a really interesting idea for a series. It's just half-assed executed. Um, it's got a thousand modern television tropes that I despise. Are we just going to go like right in with the spoilers? Don't we always? Okay, so basically... Spoiler! 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 spoiler. <laughs> the plot of the thing centers around the, the synthetic life forms like Data. Mm-hmm. And at Android. some point in the future, um, synthetic life forms, which... which after next generation apparently become a thing and they're used for working on construction stations and things. They're basically used for manual labor and things like that. They're, um, not, they're not like data level though. Those were no, no, these are poor copies of, of data. No, um, so it's kind of, they're almost, they're almost kind of a uh, like slave class almost. Um, and and in a couple of episodes, are almost treated that way, at least verbally. So at some point, the, the the synthetics go crazy and attack Mars and set the atmosphere on fire. And the Federation bans the production of all synthetic life forms. And uh, so that's where we're at when the shore opens, and it basically leads to a. Here's the major spoiler. Leads to uh, some big prophecy that has <laughs> that has driven a sect of the Romulan uh, special operations for thousands of years. Uh, that they believe the synthetic life will eventually wipe us all out, and so they're looking to destroy them. Makes sense somehow. Like... It's an interesting. It's an interesting story, and it does fit in the Star Trek universe, but. Everything that they did alongside that story is not. <laughs> it's it's just, uh, it's again like Discovery to me. It's not Star Trek at all. Exactly. The only time it ever felt like Star Trek was when we had people from other uh, uh, previous shows in there, like Riker and Troy, and uh, you know 
seven of nine, all of them. So, but even then, I didn't like what they did with some of those old favorite characters. Like killing off you? Hugh's death was completely fucking pointless. Oh, I'm going to throw a knife at you and you're dead. It's like these writers are obsessed with introducing some sort of heartache into every major character's life. Uh, and and it's, it's really, I think, a pretty lazy and, and disheartening way to manufacture drama. Yep. Like with, uh, with Riker and Troy, you know, we, last time we saw them, they were happily getting married and now we see them and we found out that they had a, a, a first, they've had two kids. The first one got sick and of course his sickness would have been, uh, cured had the ban on synthetic life forms not been enacted. And of course he died because he couldn't get the help that he needed. Yeah, which is stupid because you know Riker and Troy would have done everything they could have to procure mm-hmm. a yeah. puzzle chart of brain somehow in order to save him because we've got this huge character development of them. We know they would do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, and it wasn't even that they needed a, a an actual being. They just needed a positronic matrix. So it didn't even have to be a brain or, or a, a, a person or anything. Just a matrix. I mean, come on. Lazy. Uh, how about the dialogue where everyone talks like it's 2020? Yeah, the dialogue pissed me off, especially when people would just, just like gratuitous cursing. And, and it was everybody except... Picard and everybody that we've seen before, uh, except I think yeah. Seven of Nine said something like, I'm going to kick your ass. And Riker said, I'm going to kick your ass. And that was it. That was it. But you have all these people running around dropping the F-bomb and whatnot and just talking like like it's somebody they just pulled off the street in the 20th century. I, I, I don't mind cursing in any show, but it doesn't make sense in Star Trek. It's never been done before. Why, why start doing it now? It doesn't fit Star Trek at all. And, you know, these these characters with these these horrible you know secrets and these horrible flaws and things it's not something that you've seen often in Star Trek at least not like the way they've been doing it in this show but I understand the need to sometimes say well I think all the time they go overboard with these uh, manufactured drama situations I think the problem is is I don't. I think the problem is is that they write the story, the, the main plot, and they don't think it has enough drama on its own. So they have to manufacture all this other bull. Um, yeah. And honestly, the story in and of itself had enough drama in it. Yeah. Yeah. Past Star Trek would have a story like that, and then they would spend the rest of the episode developing a character. And that did not happen in this show at all. Like, I don't give a crap about anyone new in the show. How about the Romulans that all had, like, Earth accents? Like, Picard's uh, caretakers. What The one more lady was clearly Irish, even though she was a Romulan. And then you had the, uh, the I don't Romans. know, the ninja Romulan guy that joined him, uh, uh, was a kid, and then he grew up and learned how to fight with that sword. And uh, Eldon, is that his name? Or Eldron? Something? Eldor. Dude was Australian <laughs> all day long. See, that all because the kid was put on a human quality, something close to that. But the other ones spent a good chunk of their lives living on Earth now, so they'd adapt to the... Yeah, but they weren't even in Ireland. <laughs> they were in France. 
I blame quarantines. I would much rather see a new series starring Seven of Nine than another season of this show. Agreed. Although at at the very ending, it looked like she was joining the crew, maybe. So who knows? No, she did, but. Oh, and suddenly she became a lesbian at the end of the episode and struck up a relationship with somebody that she barely talked to in the entire series. <laughs> okay, if you want me to pick things apart, you gotta give me time to pick one apart and then go on. <laughs> okay, uh, that was it. That's all I had on my the, list. The whole epi- the whole thing, and spoilers, obviously, they killed Picard at the end, which is the way it should have been. It should have been a special series, and it's done. Picard dies. Good, we're done. Okay. No, they've got to yeah. make him into robot Picard. That's fine. Whatever. Stupid. Completely saw it coming, you know, in that first yep. episode of the two-part. We're like, hey, as soon as you saw here. that body laying in that casket, you're like, oh, well, that's going to be his. <sighs> and then, yes, manufactured love. You've got um, the Dr. Agnes, who I hated that hair. <laughs> yes, I did, too. You had to randomly hook her up with Captain Rios, who I kind of liked his character. <laughs> the Rafi character, who I also did not really care for. Hated her. Let's just... Uh, Couldn't stand oh, her. her. Her and Seven met each other once, so now they li- they're in love. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm holding hands at the end. <laughs> it was so silly. They also missed a really huge opportunity, story-wise. They're talking about this some sort of synthetic, I don't know, presence. They didn't really say creature or being or anything. They just said something from the great beyond is watching you. And it's not a real being. It's synthetic. Ooh, make this giant awesome tower out of this digital stuff. And you'll be able to talk to them. (laughs) Yeah, it was like some self-replicating tower. (laughs) Yeah, which, cool. That exists. Anyway. Um, but then they show this hole opening up and this thing coming out. And I kept saying, this has to be control. Control from the future and discovery that took over the galaxy and destroyed everything. This mm-hmm. is control. And that they're going to tie discovery in with this and it'll be interesting. Nope. They just say, oh, we shut the portal down. We're done. <laughs> yeah. So the weird mechano caterpillars could not come through. So here's my question, because I can never remember, and I just did not want to boot the game up to try to figure it out. Um, Who was the old school, beyond the edge of the galaxy bad guy that was in Stowe that they brought back? The Iconians. Uh, Yes, the Iconians. Oh, yeah. I almost wanted to think it was something that they built. Hmm. That was coming back from the out... Like, because they're basically... They're basically telling. They basically, by creating Picard, said, "Fuck STO. Your stories that you've written are nothing. They're not canon anymore." Which yep. really sucked because Stowe was canon. <laughs> I thought it was a cool idea that they could touch back to one of those old bads that really never got shown as this synthetic mm-hmm. life. But I, I doubt that's what they were doing. Did they really? Did like? say where they were coming from is another no. dimension or is no, it like part some of sort our galaxy. of galaxy it's either from beyond our galaxy or outside of our galaxy but it's still within the same space so how well, if if it's in our galaxy and it's been 200,000 years they could have got here by now 
if well, they started back then. The thing is, is that <laughs> the whole point is that there is that they specifically say they're just sitting out watching us all. How are they watching? If they're that well, far away. If they're also that advanced. I'm just saying. Yeah, I think they were. It was supposed to be. We're waiting for synthetic life to be independent enough to contact us. Yeah, which is an interesting concept. That could have been the start of the series right there. Yeah, you don't have to have this BS with the vaj 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 vaj. Oh, we got to make another <laughs> secret organization underneath the Tal Shiar, like seriously. yeah, we, you know they were well, they were like the secret, secret, secret organization. It's stupid. It's like how many secrets do the Romulans have to have? A ton, apparently. Which, Danny, you just watched the episode. <clears throat> the the ending. You've got two hundred and eighteen because they got to mention to it a hundred times. Quite a fleet for a race that's just been wiped out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, where were the where were the secret So we have had ships being built secretly forever in secret. So Commander O is mind-numbing villain who's like <laughs> blah blah blah. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, all the so villains were totally two-dimensional in this episode or in the series. Uh, the only one who really was. wasn't was. Uh, Little Manchester version of the Romulan there. The one who <laughs> fell in love with, what's her name? Soji. Yeah, but every time he talked, I said, he you're was, not British, you're Romulan. Yeah, he was kind of a pajama boy anyway, with bad teeth. At the end, yeah. she's got 218 warbirds. For a thousand <laughs> years, they've wanted to kill this thing. And she goes, everyone on my mark, get ready to fire. And <laughs> Just do it. Has this long, dramatic 30 yeah. seconds. Pause. And then, oh, Picard has a ship. Oh, everyone fire on him now. Forget the thing that we've waited a thousand years to kill. Let's exactly. do this. And then, oh, <laughs> he's out of the way. Everyone on my marks again. Oh, my God. It happens yeah. three times. Yep. <laughs> it's like I can understand wanting to savor the moment because it's like been your life's work or something. But after the first volley, then you're just going to be like, all right, shoot the rest of them. I don't give a <laughs> shit. <laughs> or you have 218 warbirds. Just have one blow it. Yeah. Have hey, how about, of how them about fire. 10 of you fire on the ground? Yeah, you're not you're not blowing up a city. You're blowing up a <laughs> tiny compound. <laughs> yeah, it was all stupid. We're going to have all 200 and some ships fire on these little tiny fighters, even though there's like hundreds of them. And I thought the flowers were really freaking weird. That was, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, what is that? That's another interesting concept that they didn't delve into at all. They're just like, uh, this planet has giant flowers that defends it? No, they're, yeah. they were built. Well, I know they were they're, built. They were synthetic. They were built by the synthetics as a protection. That's just weird. But flowers, they just got wiped out like like the Romulans were a big can of raid or uh, uh, Roundup or something, and they just <laughs> and bloomed to pieces. <laughs> like, Alright. Um, I will say for the fact that uh, Seven can fly a board cube, that was f- awesome in the, that the was first part cool of that episode. Line. Everything with Seven in it was really freaking cool, I thought. Seven was the only thing that was fun in this show. Seeing you... Like, I like how she basically... She also apparently turned her back on the Federation, and for maybe for different reasons, but uh, she's one of those rangers now, which is kind of a page out of the Babylon 5 playbook, but that was cool. Um, the the end scene where they're where Picard's talking to Data's consciousness. That was actually the one of the best parts of that show <sighs> was them 
realizing that his con- well was the fact that they showed it his conscious was still there but then they they let him go at the same time it kind of gave him yeah. a more a, a a more dramatic ending versus the nemesis movie yeah but yeah. i don't understand why they had to no they didn't have like, to i don't understand why we had to watch data die a second time hmm. like if they have so. his consciousness downloaded first of all <laughs> let's let's just start from that they downloaded his entire consciousness, all that he ever was and did and remembered from a single tiny little freaking molecule of his matrix or whatever. How stupid is that? I'll take it a step further. Let's say that was possible. Then go back to the story of Troy and Riker's kid. Yeah. If they couldn't find, off of one molecule, they couldn't find a cure for this right. kid. Stupid. Yeah. It's just, yeah. So, okay, so they've got Data's consciousness, however they did it, whether through a little magic wand or uh, Why not put it into a different body? Why keep it stored? Why not give him a second life? <laughs> it doesn't have to be the same actor. They could put his consciousness in somebody else and send him on his way. We don't have to see him again if we don't want to. I just, uh, I mean, it was a good scene that he and Patrick Stewart filmed. And I think the effects that they did to make Data look like he did in Nemesis were really cool. You know, and and like with the other scenes with Riker and Troy, you know, it tugs at the old heartstrings a little bit. You're like, oh, hey, you know, my childhood. And then, but not. (laughs) Well, it does kind of make sense with his character that he's always wanted to be human. And to be human needs to be So you're going to have to die at some point. Like, hey, I'm sick of being in this thing. In this well, fine. So put him in another body. I would have at least given him that option. You know, <laughs> a bunch of androids running around. But that's also like 10 minutes spent in the entire series. True. <laughs> Where the rest is, you've got to find this girl's twin and all this other crap. It's just, yeah. If it was a random new show, it'd be cool, but because it says Star Trek, I don't like it. So I have a question. I don't remember if it was in our WhatsApp chat or if it was somebody else that randomly posted it on Facebook that I saw. Um, They basically uh, summed down Star Trek Picard to the fact that it's basically Mass Effect. What do you mean Mass Effect? The whole kind of plot and the way that the sh- series plays is more Mass Effect style than Star Trek. Oh, the style. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because the, uh, the story is not similar at all. No. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, yeah, it does It does feel like the Mass Effect universe. <laughs> so here, here's, here's another gripe about that last scene, that last couple scenes with the ships. Why the frack is all of the Starfleet ships look like the same ship? They did. <laughs> they were the exact same they ship. Did. Yep. And, and, like, and it wasn't obvious Riker which ship. one Riker was on either. It's like, I have the most powerful ship, and then a bunch of more are behind me. It's like, really? They all look the same. Because <laughs> that's never been done before. Mm. You, know, you might have a few, but... But Starf- Starfleet's always had randomness in their ships they're not all the same so yeah, i would expect a fleet of 
all kinds of ships to show up, not just the same 218 warbirds and the same thousand something Starfleet ships. What? The <laughs> you couldn't pay somebody. You couldn't pay your CGI guys just a tid more to to make different ships show up in the background. <laughs> nope. Copy paste. Copy oh paste. my god. Copy paste. <laughs> exactly what they did. Copied and paste. I miss the old warbirds. Oh, the old warbirds are. I mean, perfect. hell, we got to see. We got to see one of the old, like, that uh, awesome. original series Romulan ships. That was awesome. Yes. And then, awesome. but we don't get to see a Didieradex. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Uh, let's, make a, let's make a different one. It looks just stupid. And all of, and and from what I can tell, all the ships that they pulled in that show were from STO. Really. The the starship the the Starfleet ships were a variant of the Odyssey from STO. Well, yeah, I guess they did look pretty similar, didn't they? All they did was bigger. they gave them the the bulky square looking nacelles that pointed forward. Yeah. yeah. But it's still the Odyssey class. Nerd alert. Um and the the Romulan warbird is one of the newer style warbirds from STO. Yeah, which I do not like. Yeah, it's not the Der- the Derridex, yeah. it's the newer style Romulan warbird. Uh, Warbird that they have in STO, so they basically are saying STO is not anything to do with this, but we're going to pull it from it and use it because we're not creative. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> yeah. STO's got more creative writing than freaking Star Trek Picard does. You watch though; they're going to start pulling stuff in from. Uh, they're going to pull in that little ship that Rios has and then put it in, in Star Trek oh, Online. Oh yeah, they will because they've done they've gone done and dumped Discovery shit into STO, which is the other reason why I won't go back to that game. Yeah, I, no, I I stopped playing STO as well as a nine year player or whatever mm-hmm. because the Discovery missions were so dumb and just <laughs> it's just like the show. You're just like this is awful you guys aren't <laughs> trying anymore i'm out yeah so basically the long story short is that everything that that uh paramount is trying to do with and cbs is trying to do with star trek is by name only and is not star trek yeah it's woke trek would you yeah would you guys agree with me that star trek's dead for the most part for the most although part, i think yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, unless someone can buy the rights, take it away from Paramount and CBS, which they can't because there's like nine series on order right now. <laughs> yeah, but if by there's magic cartoon, somebody, like, I want to buy Star Trek, Trek, like Amazon or something, somebody who's you know rich beyond anything, it's like if they, we want to resurrect Star Trek because it's just crap. It's dead. The problem is, is that it's the same issue that uh, Disney and with Star Wars has become. Yeah, Star Wars isn't Star Wars unless it's a one-off. But eh, and it's the same problem. They have the same. They have this. They're putting the same filter on both of those genres. Uh, Yeah, I disagree because Star Wars has two separate camps. And one is the Dave Filoni Rebels and Mandalorian camp and Rogue One and that stuff. It's like well, that's what I said. Unless it's a one-off, there's they've done the same thing to Star Wars. Well, the Rebels is a series that's not a one-off. Mandalorian is a series that's not a one-off. Uh, movie-wise, yes, you're right. That's the other camp of just we're gonna be as woke as possible and just 
have something on the screen for you to be like, wow, look, eye candy, and it makes no sense, and don't look over here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Pay no attention yes. to that man behind the curtain. Star Trek universe needs its own John Favreau or Dave Filoni. You can hire us. <laughs> I mean, if they've got this uh, network going and they want to... Uh, Hopefully, one of these nine shows turns out to do for Star Trek what The Mandalorian has done for Star Wars, but I kind of doubt it. Well, there's, a, there's a Section 31 show, apparently. I would say that's probably the only one that could... Yeah, is Kurtzman's name on it? Because if it oh, is, I, it's not going to be. <laughs> I think his name is on all of them. Yeah, that's the problem. Kurtzman is a, whack, is a, is a whack job and a total hack. Yep, Hollywood hack. I said it. I told um, Joe, come on back in here, because I think we're done anyway. Yeah. Hey, guys. Yeah. I mean, Picard, hey. bottom line is, I think Picard is a better series than, than Discovery. Thank God it was only 10 episodes. And it has its moments, especially my favorite episode is when they was, went and saw Riker and Troy. Um, yeah. I thought that was a fantastic no, episode. <laughs> the slow but. TNG style episode. Exactly. The what? The slow TNG style episode. Oh, it, yeah, kind of was, but exactly. it had some humor in it. It had uh, some nostalgia to it, but it, it had good dialogue for one th- <clears throat> for one yes. thing. Well, it was written by Jonathan Franks. That's why. Exactly. Was it? Yeah. There you go. He he wrote and directed that episode. Exactly. Good. Also, why there wasn't a bunch of cursing in that episode, too, because he knows how to write Star Trek. <laughs> I've been trying to get Joe to watch Stargate. Yeah. Because, you know, it's my like favorite show ever. And Do I said, it. I, he did. He started it. But I warned him. I said, this will ruin TV for you nowadays. <laughs> it will ruin television for you. <laughs> yeah. Stargate is great because it's very character driven and it's also very plot driven. So I wanted to I wanted to ask about it. It's on Prime and that first season came out in what, nineteen ninety seven, nineteen ninety nine, something like that? Uh, I think it was earlier than that. Six or seven. But anyway, well it's 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 an H D. Did they retool it or was it just no. filmed that way? It was filmed with movie cameras. Yeah. Ah. The that that's a Showtime show. Seasons 1 through 5. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, I forgot about that. They got a huge budget and you'll see it in the sets, man. Yeah. Well, because I was I was confused when I first started playing that first episode. It was like it wasn't all letterboxed and weird like shows from that time normally are and I was like, "Holy shit." I was like, "This is an HD." I didn't even know HD was an option back then. Mhm. Um it wasn't. It uh, started in 98. But um, that's why they've been able to take movies from like the 70s and 80s and they just go back and sort of fix them up because the film that they were shot on was so good. Cool. But no, that, that first I've only seen the first episode so far. I'm going to watch some more tomorrow, but I really, really liked it. Good. I actually like that. The first episode is movie length. I don't know if they all are, but that first episode was like 97 minutes. No, and it was a better, it was a better movie than Stargate the movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's it's a regular show. They're like 40, 45 minutes each. 
Yeah, because when they went to uh, Richard Dean Anderson, they're like, we want you to play General O'Neill, or Colonel O'Neill. And uh, he uh, he said, he watched the movie, and he goes, well, I'm not going to play that guy. He said, I'm going to do my own spin on it. And they said, okay. His spin is way better. Yes. Way better. Yes. <clears throat> so, who wants to talk about Dr. Crap? <laughs> <laughs> Do I have to? All right, here you go. Oh, I'm going to break man. it down. I don't want to get in a long discussion about it, but here's a go. Break if you want to watch this newest season of Doctor Who, watch oh. episodes one and two, and then watch what there's what, what no, not even one and two. Just watch episode one, and then watch the Jadoon episode, and then watch the last two episodes of the season. That's literally all yeah. you have to watch. That's pretty much it. Every yeah. other episode, every other, all the other six or seven episodes. This is the plot. Everyone's gay, and climate change is real. There yeah, you go. Exactly. It's like they just they wield those two subjects as a club and just beat you senseless with it in those other episodes. And the only other the uh, the other major complaint I have about that is I don't re I really don't understand what went into the thinking to bring one of the greatest characters ever to grace the Doctor Who screen back for 30 seconds just to say, beware of the lone Cyberman, and that's it. Yeah. He was a total, like, subplot to that episode. That was, was just... never, ever brought up again. Right. Even when, even, when her, even when her companion said, this guy named Captain Jack, she was like, oh. And, that, like, she didn't even, like, no reaction at all. It was so, so weird, man. Yeah. And I was talking to Adam about this because I'm not sure if Adam finished the whole series or not, or season or not. But, you know, I was thinking back that there was huge, huge plot points in this season, like massive things. And it was just so weird because you had the first episode that aired and the master came back, spoilers, hmm. and he says, everything you know is a lie and Gallifrey is destroyed. At the end of that episode, it's confirmed Gallifrey is destroyed. So maybe everything she knew is a lie. Then they literally don't mention any of that again. The Master, Gallifrey, what's a lie? Until kind of the Jadoon episode. But the Jadoon episode enters in a whole new Doctor that doesn't recognize themselves. So it's a Doctor from another timeline or something. Mother from a different yeah. mother. Which mysteriously still has a TARDIS that looks like a phone box. Then they don't acknowledge that ever again. They give a slight nod in the narration in the last episode of what that was, but they don't. Yeah. So that's it. So then you got like two or three more episodes of there's a lot of gay people and climate change is real, which like I don't <laughs> fucking care. I don't care. And you have you can quack me all you want. Like I don't give a shit. Yes, there are gay people. Good for them. If they're happy, I'm happy. Fuck off. I'm not going to celebrate your shit any more than I'm going to celebrate anybody that... I'm going to treat you with the same indifference not caring what you do in the bedroom, just like I treat everybody. I don't care. Yeah. It's, 20, it's 2020. Like, you don't need my fucking attention anymore for your life choices. Piss off. Yep. You never did. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's just so frustrating. Yeah. And then, and in the last two episodes of the of the series season, rather, comes back and it's like holy crap. So it just makes it super frustrating because yeah. three episodes out of this ten or eleven episode season, it's very evident that they can write, 
and they can pull good Doctor Who out, but they just don't do it. There's a cool episode that started off cool anyway, where they go to this like pleasure planet, like a spa planet. Pleasure planet sounds a little, uh, ooh. <laughs> but they're taking a break, and they go to this spa planet. And something's wrong, obviously. It's Doctor Who. There's never a vacation. You're trying to figure out what it is, and it's actually a compelling story to begin with. You're trying to figure out these people built this spot on this like registered planet that's a dead planet, and that's how they got mm-hmm. the land for cheap and all this. And you're like, oh, wow, this is really cool. And they introduce like, this really badass-looking baddie, and you're trying to figure out what it is. And literally, the episode ends with, I'm not even joking, like a two-and-a-half-minute-long monologue by Jody in the TARDIS about how, because you find out in the last five minutes of the episode that that planet was actually an old Earth that humans had destroyed with climate change. And the only yeah. survivors are humans that evolved to breathe carbon dioxide instead of oxygen because we destroyed the planet uh, so much. It was so bad, dude. It was like after-school special bad. And literally, the last the two minute last two minutes of the episode is her giving a speech about how we need to protect our planet and like take responsibility. It was just like, give me a fucking break, dude. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. Horrible. It, it, the episodes, the ones you're talking about, all preached to the viewer as if they were in a child in school. Well, and maybe that's the fundamental problem with Hollywood is that they think we're all complete, so they have to have this. This isn't even Hollywood. This is the BBC. It's the same difference. I know what he means. I know what he means. It's probably which is fine. Like I, I recognize the BBC has always been kind of woke. I mean, Jesus, even even when they first brought Doctor Who back, there's a couple of preachy moments. Like it's always when I watch BBC, I know that's going to happen. But it was never, dude. I don't even care. Here's the thing: be preachy. I don't, you can preach, be preachy, but don't do it at the expense of storytelling. Yeah. Or character building. Or character building, yeah. I was about to say. Like in the case of Bill. Bill was could have been a good character, but all she did was spend every episode running around telling people she liked girls every 10 minutes. Yeah. And the sad thing is, is she is a far more dynamic and likable Frank. companion than two of the three companions that currently <laughs> are with the Doctor. Yeah. I like Graham, but the other two can frank off. See, I, I differ. I, I like the uh, I like um, Maggie Gilp, whatever her character name is. I can never remember. I oh, think she's uh, a great companion. Man, Yaz. Yaz. Yeah, I like Yaz. I Yaz? honestly like. I can't Yaz. even remember their names. I know Graham. Yeah, and well, Ryan and Yaz. Okay, so now I remember. Yeah, but it's just it's just so frustrating. Because, like, one of the things I was saying to Adam is, you know, I was thinking back to the season, or was it two seasons, where they had the whole Bad Wolf story arc going? Yeah. And, and like, every episode in that season or two seasons, there was at least an ominous nod to, like, hey, don't forget this is going on. Yeah. Which they so easily could have worked in and done in this season with that bomb that the Master dropped in season one. Or episode it, one, it, and they they just didn't mention it ever again until like episode six, yeah, and then nine and ten. <laughs> right. Incidentally, I just watched uh, the three last episodes of David Tennant's. Was it his first season or second season? I can't remember where they did the whole bad wolf thing. And uh, I'm sitting there going, 
God, this was such good TV. What the hell happened to this? Lazy. Yeah. Go back, just go back and watch any of Moffat's stuff. It's good. Yeah. He does the same thing with the crack, you know, throughout every yep. episode. With yeah. the, the paradox one. I mean, they're great. It's Chibnall. He's not he's not cut out for it. Well, did you watch did you watch this season, Adam? Or Jared? Yes, I've watched it all. Okay, did you you have you watched it all yet, Adam? No. Okay, well it's this is a huge spoiler. Do you mind? No, I don't, because I I don't even know about watching. That's how they actually they it doesn't redeem the season by any means, but they completely like I, I don't I don't understand like They've taken 40 years of Doctor Who and turned it on its edge with the way that they ended this last season. Basically, what happened this last season is you find out the Doctor really never was a Time Lord. That the Doctor was some random lone creature that was able to uh, respawn themselves. And the Time Lords figured out how she does it, and that's how they started doing it. And that's why they're limited to 12, and she can do it apparently unlimited times. So she's not even technically a time lord. Well, that's, so that that's yeah. how they ended it. So they they turned the entire history of Doctor Two, Doctor Who on on its on its side. It's weird. Yeah, uh, at least watch the last two episodes of the season, Adam. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> it, 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 like if you were really gonna like slim it down to what's necessary, I would just watch the last two because you pretty much know. You know, hey, Jack showed up and it was freaking pointless in that other episode. <laughs> so, and then she meets a pr- apparently a previous incarnation of herself wh- who looks like a middle aged heavyweight black lady and has, of course, for some of course reason, it does. She has a TARDIS that looks identical, like a phone box, even though this is apparently a version of herself that preceded the what we know as the first doctor. Yeah, yeah, it's tons it's weird. Of plot it, it doesn't make any it doesn't make any sense. It's huge plot holes. And the other thing that tons. pisses me off about the last two episodes is they bring back the Cybermen, and apparently they're bringing back the most advanced and most insane, crazy, badass Cybermen ever. Ooh. And it's it's not even a fight. It's just like once again, two lines of of writing to be like, okay, they're gone now. Yeah, it's so inf- it's so infuriating. Yeah, yeah. They've uh, they've eliminated Gallifrey from the picture. I mean, it's not like it's been a major part of the storylines all along, but you, at least you knew it was there. Now, it's no, like just like Gallifrey is legitimately gone. Like it's gone. Yeah. It's like let's, the planet's there, but it's in ruins, and there's no survivors that we know of. So let's take um, Bad Wolf Bay as a template. It's this ominous thing all season long, and when it comes to it at the very end, what happens? It cannot be changed. <laughs> the mm-hmm. doctor loses big time at the yeah. end. But um, you can't say all season yeah. long that the thing is important. Then be like, ah, uh, we beat you. You're dead. Like two hundred eighteen warbirds. Ah, uh, we figured out how to get you monologue. <laughs> so. <laughs> It's just lazy. It's it seems like left, right, and like hearing you guys talk about Picard. I'm like, holy crap! It must be the same people that wrote this season of Doctor Who. And the sad <laughs> fact of the matter is, it's either that there's very few writers with any imagination left, which I don't believe, 
or it's just no. a simple fact that major major studios in the industry just does not want to take the chance on losing money. And so it's just like right. They take they take a would be great story and they have to force it. It's like it's like pushing Play-Doh through the right. spaghetti thing. Like yeah. Yeah. Here, yeah. I've I've created this I've created this brilliant Play-Doh sculpture for you and in Hollywood or BBC or whoever just has to like push it through the right. spaghetti maker Play-Doh thing. Yeah. It all comes out the same in the end. It's so frustrating. It's so low brow and so it's low hanging fruit. Everything is low hanging fruit anymore. It's funny that you mentioned the uh, the spaghetti strainer thing, the Play-Doh thing, because I was thinking the other day how it's like, like you said, there are great writers out there, but the networks and the studios just take the showrunners and put their balls in a lockbox and stick it in the end table by their bed at night. And, and because they, like you said, they don't want to lose advertising dollars. So, so the writers come to them with this like prime rib, you know, and they're like, look, look at what I have created for this show. And they say, well, we need to add in, you know, this agenda and that agenda and this political correctness and that political correctness, and then throw it in a meat grinder and give people a sausage so that they can all consume it. So that's what I was thinking the other, the other day. So it's funny that you mentioned that because it's, it's, I think it's a great analogy. Uh, except I would not put all the blame on just the, on the BBC and the CBS in this case. Like, oh no, I think they, they actively, I think they actively search for writers who, who want to put all the agenda driven stuff in there. Yeah. And that's the problem. And I was going to say yeah. that it's interesting that these two shows that we're talking about this, and these are the two shows that at the time NBC and BBC took a huge gamble on both of these. And it was like, stop it. <laughs> Where you yeah. talk about how they're going out and they're looking for people who are just going to be yes men and, you know, fit into their agenda. But these shows started because they took a chance on someone that was not going to make sense, you know, because it was yeah. so out there. And they're That's both a really, really good point. Later. It's a sad time for for um, television and writing good television right now, and I don't know when and if or when it's going to get any better. When you've got the prophecy of idiocracy coming to light every <laughs> day, I'm going to say it's not. Yeah, so I'll just keep watching SG One over and over and over and over and over and over. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it kind of it kind of makes you glad that they haven't revived amazing shows like. Leave Firefly alone. Leave SG One alone. Like, thank you for not bringing it back because you would yeah. inevitably fuck it up. Yeah. Well, one of the original writers of SG One is trying to find somebody to buy MGM and everything so they can bring stuff back. But just knowing <sighs> how all those guys operate, Brad Wright specifically, because he's the guy who started all of this, they would never kowtow to anybody. <laughs> They didn't last time when they brought SGU out. That show was yeah. so far ahead of its time. It really was. And, and it had kind of a rocky start, but once they found their footing, I was like, I can't wait to watch the next episode of this show. Yep. And see, that's the what problem. was missing. Because if you remember, when it comes to Doctor Who, 
I was the last of us to get to it. Like I, I didn't start watching Doctor Who until three years ago. And mm-hmm. I the the six or eight months leading up to three years ago, I binged all the modern seasons to catch up with you guys and then started watching it with you. And never until these last two seasons, like both this season and last season, I never had that awesome, I, I have some free time, I want to watch an episode of Doctor Who. Like, literally from the very first Ecclestein episode all the way, it kind of started going downhill a little bit in the last season of um, whatever the hell his name was, the old Doctor. Capaldi. Um, Capaldi. Yeah, Capaldi. Capaldi. But that's only because I just really started hating Clara. But <laughs> even then, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen, what's going to happen. Both last season and this season... I'm like, ugh, all right. Don't give I'm, a rip. I'm committed. I'm committed to keeping up to this, up with this. So I'm going to watch it. That's horrible. Yeah. That's that's seriously sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I think maybe next season I'm going to do what I did with Picard this season. I started watching, and the first three episodes did not hook me at all. And so I said, I'm just going to wait for the rest of it to come out and binge watch it just for the podcast. Yeah. And. That's what I did, and I, I I really didn't miss it. Well, I'll probably be doing the same, like with Discovery. I have no interest in Discovery. Nope. But Me I either. Will watch really. it for the podcast, so we can say, "Yep, still stupid." If we're talking about shows that are being widely acclaimed right now and actually may deserve it, are you guys watch The Expanse? Yes, that show's no. great. Because I no, just I haven't started, watched. That's on. That's on one. Prime, right? Yeah, it's on Prime. It's also on Plex. <laughs> it is a great show. Uh, Daniel great. suggested it, and then I started mm-hmm. download. I down downloaded it, uh, and then caught up on the last season as it finished. Yeah, Daniel recommended it to me too. Four, I think they just finished four. So I was playing a, a game today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had some time to play some Bioshock Burial LC. Okay, really? How do you have all this time? <laughs> I, I, I don't. I played like a half hour, <laughs> and then left it on. Apparently, so it was on. How does anybody have any time these days? <laughs> uh, I don't have as much as I normally. Do. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but anyway, I'm sitting there playing this game, and I'm thinking, uh, and comparing it back to Picard, saying, "How lazy is Picard in writing and all these character developments?" But all these video games knock it out of the park. Over and over and over and over and over. Yeah. Is it the time well, that they let things breathe? Because you can it could be. It could be. It could also be uh, they're not run by the same types of people. <laughs> yeah, that's true. No harm. Um, I think when it comes to video games, most of the people that are in that industry, except they're for people Blizzard, like us, <laughs> are people who love it. There's love there. And I think, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that there aren't people that love their craft involved in movies and television anymore, because there certainly are. There definitely is. But I think that at the end of the day, they're no longer labors of love. They're labors of making money. And they keep keep doing this cookie-cutter bullshit because they think that's what makes money. It's just like if if we owned a store and we only carried Charmin toilet paper... We would think 
Oh, everybody loves Charmin. Well, no shit, Sherlock. That's the only choice we're giving them. Picard and Discovery. I hear Kurtzman talk that he loves Star Trek. I mean, Roddenberry's kid is involved in these projects. Like, this yeah. should be a labor of love, but it's not. It is a cookie cutter like you're talking about. Well, I think you made a really, really compelling and really interesting point because I'm, I'm slowly making my way through the original series of Star Trek. I'm about three quarters of the way done of season two, which consists of like 29 episodes. (laughs) And it's amazing. It's amazing to me that a a show that came out in the late 60s is more compelling and more entertaining than almost everything I've watched in the last two or three years. Yeah. And you make a good point because back back then they were absolutely disrupting the apple cart with a lot of that stuff. Yeah. In season one. Kirk and Uhura kiss. And -hmm. I'm thinking like it, I'm putting that in context. Like, okay, it's 1967 and you got a white guy and a black lady who has a lead role, by the way, kissing on screen. Like, I'm sure people were like, whoa, buddy. But now you you think, you think you're being the same way, but you're not. You're just perpetuating what we pretty much 98% of the fucking world population understands is now the norm, whether you like it or not. You know what I mean? Like you're not. You think you're disrupting the apple cart, but you really aren't anymore. It's weird. Yeah. I have a fun anecdote about that kiss. Let's hear it. Michelle Nichols talks. She didn't want to continue on the show. And oh, yeah. Martin Luther King called her and said, no, no, you need to stay on the show. <laughs> like he wanted her to stay on the show because she was representing black people. And so she did. Yeah. And it's become, you know, it made her career. That's yeah. amazing. Really and that cool. was the first interracial kiss on television in Star yeah. Trek. Nobody had ever done it before. No one would even dare try. Yeah. Runberry, you don't care. That that episode right there, the one where that happened, not only tackled that little taboo thing, <laughs> but it also tackled the concept of slavery and... Uh, what they would call today as body image with the little miniature guy that didn't have any powers. Little, little uh, midget dude. I forget what his name was. Yes. Um, that was played by the kid. <laughs> no, no, it was a, it was an actual adult uh, dwarf that, that played this character. I think his name was Alexander. Maybe that's just what's sticking in my head, but they were all like the, they were all copying the ancient Romans, you know, and uh, he was the only one that didn't have power, so they picked on him. And so there was a whole like anti-bullying message. There was the uh, the interracial kiss, and then there was a topic of slavery. It was all piled into that episode, and you don't read and realize it until it's over, and you're like, "Wow, that said so much." Yeah, and it didn't club you over the head with it. it just said, "Right, hey, what about this? This is interesting. This interesting topic." Well, that's the that's the thing. All of all of that like cutting edge in your face disrupting the political apple cart of the 60s mm-hmm. never gets in the way of really good i haven't watched a single episode yet of the original series the entire first season and three quarters into the second season where i i've not a single episode have i been like okay is this thing over yet yeah they haven't all been great but they're all good right <laughs> and and several times when i'm watching like this season of Doctor Who, I'm tapping the screen to see how much further the thing has to move before I can get my life back. 
<laughs> Dude, the episode with uh, which God, which one was it? It was another one of the climate change things, and it was getting super preachy. And are you it was talking the about with first... the birds, the birds and the plastic? It might have been that one. I want to say they were on some. I don't even want to go look it up now, but I think it was episode seven. Either way, I got so fed up with it that I turned it off 35 minutes in, and I still have not gone back to watch it because I was so put off by it. No, it is episode and, seven. I remember that because I turned it off too, and then I made myself finish it the next day. Like, literally yeah, I, made myself watch the last 25 minutes. Because I made it, I made it about 15 or 20 minutes in, and I was just like, this is so stupid. And it was completely worthless, wasn't it? Going back and finishing yep. it. Yep. Yeah. So and it, it was another I, example where they they could have created a really compelling bit of storyline and a new baddie, but it yeah. they just it was so so stupid. Anyway, what else are we talking about? Because <laughs> there's one thing I've seen. There's one thing I've seen that I have positive things to say about. Surprisingly, liar. What's that? Birds of prey. Oh, Birds of Prey. Yeah, yeah. You liked that? I yeah. loved it, man. I That's thought it was movie. a great, fun movie. I liked it, too. Huh. Did you see it, Jared? Yeah. Was, yeah, Deb and I went and saw it. That was a great movie. I guess uh, I'll have to watch it. Jason, my roommate, went and saw it, and he said it, like, jumps around, and it, it's, it's just okay, hard so, to follow. So, general thing follow. is it's it's... From it's narrated from the mind of Harley Quinn. So yes, it's yeah. going to jump around. You're going to have to follow it, and it's going to be frenetic, of yes. course. Yeah. <laughs> that's the uh, the charm of it. Okay, I mean, that's well, one of the reasons why I loved it. Yeah, I'll yeah. give it a shot. I just haven't heard good things about it from many people till today. <laughs> good movie. Oh, See it. Yeah. Um, Is it? Do you have it? it? No, it's not out yet. It's not. Oh. Out. Dude. I want to hear. So go ahead, Adam. Let's let's. I'm gonna let let Adam talk because he's the Harley Quinn mark, and I was super excited to be able to go see this with him. And I want. I I have yet to hear your take on it, and I I, I want to hear it. So go for it. I I enjoyed it a lot. Like just from the crazy mind of Harley Quinn, it makes sense that she would bounce all over the place. Um, it even goes into her backstory briefly for, and it's. Uh, Margot Robbie apparently went back and watched the cartoon, which is where the character debuted. She is not from the comics. So she was taking all of her cues and acting in, from that. So she's even more Harley Quinn now than she was in Suicide Squad. And I loved it. Uh, Ian McGregor, oh my gosh. As Black Mask, he was awesome. Like, I wanted him on screen at all times. He was just that is a terrifying character that never really gets used in the Batman universe because all the other characters are so over the top that, you know, you've got to have Joker and Penguin and Riddler and, you know, Two-Face, all the popular ones, I guess. Um, but I really liked him playing Black Mask. And um, his henchman was Victor Zaz, who is the most terrifying Batman character. So it was glad to see him getting some time and that guy was scary every time he's on screen you're like oh, okay go away <laughs> yeah dude he's such oh. a creep Detroit <laughs> uh, great job I don't know I just really liked it they they didn't really have the other three in it very much black canary was in it probably the most besides Harley 
Huntress wasn't in it that much. I mean, they kept sort of tying it in a little, but at the end when they finally got them all together, it was fun. It was an interesting way to bring them together, but we're trying not to ruin for Dana either, but yeah, yeah, good that point. was kind of one of the uh, the main things I heard from people was that it's a Birds of Prey movie, but it's not really about the Birds of Prey. It's more about Harley. Well, well it introduces it's it's a good jumping off movie if they're going to start doing Birds of Prey movies. I think. Yes. Okay. I don't know if they are. I don't know if they are or not, but it's a perfect setup. Yeah, who knows if they are? But I think that's why they threw the tagline of the and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley because it is her movie. <laughs> She did a great job. It was awesome. All right. The fighting in it is really good, except for one scene. I'll let you figure out what scene it is. But most of the choreography is really good. Makes sense. You know, it's not just Margot Robbie walking up to a big henchman and punching him and he falls down. She's using her environment to take people down. And being creative and crazy with it, too. So it was really cool. What That's one of the you're... things I really appreciated about the movie is that it's not your typical 105-pound woman punches a 200-pound man and he flies across the room. <laughs> like she's using like Muay Thai moves or like you know wrestling moves and and using <laughs> momentum to pip, put people down. And there's actually a couple of scenes in the movie where things don't work out too well for her. It's they did a really good job with all that. I think. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Jared? I agree with all of the above. I like the movie. I miss her uh, her uh, short shorts, but <laughs> overall, the movie was great. I liked yes. it. Yes. <laughs> all right, I'll watch it. Yeah, you should you should definitely watch it. It's a really fun. It's a really fun movie. It really, really is. Yeah. And also, if you guys haven't watched it, you should watch Margot Robbie's episode of Hot Ones. Because if you didn't love her as I a did. person already, you're just going to fall in love with her all over again or more. I did see that. But if you haven't seen Hot Ones in general, just go see it. Watch some of those. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's some, there's some really good ones. There are lots of dumb ones on just because. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of one. So they just did Will Will Ferrell just did an episode, and I was expecting it to be wow, just crazy good but it was actual it was kind of crap he was supposed to do it him and julia lewis julia louis dreyfus because they just made a movie together um but she was she was sick and couldn't do it like the morning of so they had to like shoot from the hip and do it anyway with him but i don't know it's i i i'm not surprised though he's such a funny guy on film like on on screen that he's boring in real life He's yeah. He's just like it's like oh wow, <laughs> the joke's on me yeah. right because I'm like oh yeah Will Ferrell this is gonna be epic and I'm like oh okay he's like just totally a normal kind of soft spoken yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that he's totally. <laughs> this, this, is per- this is this is pretty lame. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that he's like very subdued and kind of quiet and like he'll crack little jokes here and there, but he's not like any of his characters. Obviously, he's quite it, yeah, exactly, opposite. not at all. It was it was it was bizarre. I'll yeah, a bunch of good episodes. So I told you guys yesterday I watched that uh, fighting with my family movie. I thought that was well done. Yep. The last I don't know what ten minutes of the movie was not very historically accurate, but it fit the story that they were trying to tell. It just didn't fit what actually happened <laughs> entirely. There's actually a lot of that in the movie, but 
Yeah. Like the whole character of the coach. Uh, I don't think that was any one particular person. I think they kind of no. created him out of a, of a amalgamation of other people yeah. that were at the performance center. Yeah. He's like Norman Smiley and William Regal and all those guys mixed into one. Dusty was there still. Yeah. Is that the Page movie? Yeah. Yep. I haven't watched that yet. Yeah, it, it was good. I enjoyed it. Um, it's, they it's, took some liberties here and there, but uh, yeah, it was good. I enjoyed the hell out of it, and I stopped watching wrestling long before she showed up on the scene, so yeah. without knowing anything <laughs> about her story or her, her rise, I, I enjoyed the hell out of the movie just from a general movie standpoint. Mm-hmm. And I also really enjoyed, I, I went online afterwards to look up some of Paige's actual matches, and she was wildly entertaining. And then, you know, a little while later, I found myself on a certain website and saw one of her other matches, and I was like, oh, she's she's a bad girl. <laughs> 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 I enjoyed that match quite a lot. That match, yes. <laughs> a part in the movie where uh, Rock calls the coach character sex tape. <laughs> and she goes, "Why'd you call him sex tape?" And he said something like, "Uh, uh, like, because he he makes people oh, famous. He makes people famous." And I was like, "What? That kind of happened to her too, didn't it?" <laughs> she was already the NXT champion when all that happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. And somehow she still works for the company. Well, I kind of took all that out. <laughs> I'm surprised she still works for the company, especially after getting that title belt glazed. I think because she broke her neck in the ring, they feel bad for her. They don't want to be she, looked at. She broke her neck in the ring? Yeah. That's oh, yeah. Anymore. Damn. Uh, well, I don't know if it was like when Kurt Angle did it, but it was one of those things where the doctor said, no, you can't, you can't wrestle anymore. Yeah, there's so, been a couple of people that's happened to. I know Stone Cold broke his neck. Didn't Hulk break his neck way back in the day? No, no. Um, Hulk's he had a bunch of back surgeries and knee surgeries. Have you uh. seen a picture of him recently? He says his beard's all white now. He's got a Santa Claus beard. <laughs> yeah, it is so weird. He was gonna shave it off for WrestleMania, and then they were like, "Well, WrestleMania is not going to have a crowd," so he's like, "I'll keep it a while longer." That is so bizarre. Adam was telling me about that. I can't even imagine wrestling without the crowd. Like that's that's half yeah. the magic formula. It's it, it's really weird trying to watch it, and I can watch a little bit that way, but I miss the crowd reactions too much, and so it gets old, and I turn it off. AEW, now WWE just sucks to me in general, but AEW's done a really good job with it the last two weeks. Um, Last week they had guys outside the ring, um, wrestlers, just sort of yelling and hooping and hollering and stuff. And it was was fun. It made it a lot of fun. It wasn't the same as having a giant crowd, but it was something to interact with. You could hear people. (laughs) So that to me is the way to get around that problem right now see clips from WWE right now and it's just like ugh. like it looks like really bad auditions or something yeah it kind of that's kind of what it reminds me of and they it's not like they haven't done uh, um shows like this before like after 911 i think they did uh not immediately after but uh 
at some point after 9-11 or some other point in the in the past, they've done episodes with no crowd. Um, no, there's always been a crowd. But now um, it's like there's no crowd at all the shows. <laughs> so it's kind of creepy. It's just like I can't get over that. Yeah. Half the time a WWE you, crowd's just silent anyway. They're like, so it, it's funny how you you hear all the little noises. Well, you mean calling spots? A, a little bit of that, although they've kind of mitigated that on purpose. But uh, just the, just the sounds, like I don't know, impact sounds, and and uh, like you can hear them breathing. Yeah, that's true. But hopefully, it don't last much longer. Yeah. That'd be nice. I want to go have a land party at Darren's house. Yes. I'll drive up for that. <laughs> that on would have been happens. fun this weekend. <clears throat> what uh so what's coming what's coming out or what's coming up that we have interest in watching for future podcasts? I don't even know. Nineteen eighty four, that comes out in what, June? I think July. July? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, Black Widow in May, isn't it? Well, it's been postponed. Oh, that's right. Is there anything on TV that's coming up? Well, I think Amazon Prime. I I read an article the other day that Amazon Prime and one other, not Netflix, but Amazon Prime and maybe one of the other streaming services is about the. They're about to work out a deal. Some of the uh, studios are going to release some theatrical movies to prime and you'll be able to stream it but pay the like ticket price it's uh like vo- uh voodoo or vulu or whatever the damn one is that you can do rent it's like v u l u or something like that i think it's voodoo v u d u yeah um yeah there you can actually there are theatrical releases out on it already digitally oh so that's not a new thing um, well, no, that's something that happened just after the quarantine stuff started happening. They already got some of the the movies that were releasing onto there instead. Yeah, but dude, you you know these you know these big movie theater companies like AMC and all that have been fighting that tech for a long time now because they really there is really no reason that that shouldn't already be a way to do things. And now let me let me caveat my saying that by saying I hope they don't do that because I for one love going to the theater. Yeah. And I would I would hate to see us lose that like we've lost every other good thing we had like mu- music stores and rental DVD rental pl- or movie rental places and all the other right. Yeah. Yeah, there's only one movie that got released in March that I I want to, wanted to go see and I didn't get a chance to. Before all the crap went down, and that was uh, Bloodshot. Ugh, no interest. Simply because of Vin Diesel. <laughs> well, this remember this is also coming from the one guy who watches all the Fast and Furious movies. So, yep. Yep. speaking of Fast and Furious, oh my God, the new one coming out. Okay, they're all one one. Okay, two was garbage. I don't even want to talk about that. Number one and number three. <laughs> And I think number four, I only watched up to the fourth one. They're all ridiculous, but they're also entertaining as hell. This new one that's coming out just looks fucking dumb. Like, I told Adam when we were in a theater, because they played a 
preview for it, I told Adam, I was like, I swear to God, the people that are making these movies, like, they had a bet. They're like, I bet I can make this movie so stupid, and it'll still make millions of dollars. It looks so bad. I mean, when you saw a car flip through the air three times and land on its roof, they didn't just turn it over and start driving off again. That thing was totaled. (laughs) So, and then I think, like, in the last movie, they drove a car off a mountain or something. Dude, in this movie, in the preview for this new Fast and Furious, Dom drives a car off of a cliff to catch a falling (laughs) rope, to catch a falling rope bridge with the tire and wheel of the car, which somehow, which somehow holds, the rope bridge holds, that just fell, but it somehow holds a car, and the wheel stays on the axle for it to, like, hit its downswing and then swing back it's it's swing so stupid the nobody in the car reacts it's, like anything has happened like uh, yeah it's, it's so happened. ridiculous okay I'm oh good. well i guess if they're making money then they're happy but i'm and i'm sure they will well, that's the sad thing that and that's that's why we keep better. getting all this low-hanging fruit because like that keeps making money hmm um, I would say that we'll do Black Widow at some point. Um, yes. When is um, Stranger Things season four? Uh, at this fall. Yeah. I, I still haven't even watched season three. Oh. No, I haven't watched it yet. That's good. I'd like to do Witcher. If you guys want to watch that. Witcher already. Done. I have watched it. I'm in the process of, so we could do that. Did you see that one, Jared? Yes, I've already watched it all. Excellent. It if it's on yeah. if it's on my server, then I've probably watched it. <laughs> and we could yeah. probably talk about I don't know whatever video games we all been playing. I know Joe's been playing a lot. Dude, buying a computer has almost ruined my life, but in such a great, <laughs> great way. <laughs> It's ruined your life in such a great way. It really has. That's awesome. I love that. It's 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 like getting a hot. It's like it's like getting a hot girlfriend all over again. It's like I know I know I know you're from my life in, in minuscule ways right now, but I just can't get enough of you, <laughs> dude. I was speak. Okay, listen. I'm gonna talk about that for a second. I wish I'm shocked. Right. So this computer I got has basically like the best stats you can get right now. And I was thinking, all right, I've got a PS4 Pro that's going to a 4K TV. And so I was thinking to myself, I'm like, all right, a computer will be maybe marginally better, like maybe noticeably better. No, it's way better, and I'm blown away by it. It's unreal. PC Master Race. Yep. Yes. I was just gonna say PC Master Race. <laughs> yeah, no, I to- I totally get it now. I, I honestly totally get it now. <laughs> I I definitely get it. I need to get going anyway, so. Yep. Yeah, it's about that time for me too, fellas. I can. About that time. About right. that time. Bum 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 bum. <laughs> Turn your head and cough. <laughs> All right. Have a good night, guys. Yep. See See ya. Later. Enjoy your quarantine.
What the hell just happened? We lost Adam. Bomp bomp. Oh no. And he's back. Welcome back. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, I don't hear you guys. Hello. Do you hear us now? Yeah, I think it's just Discord's stupid. Well, that's what we were wondering. Alright, how's this now? I just barely heard Alex. I picked up the best headset Dollar General had to offer. <laughs> It still sounds like he's on an old phonograph. <laughs> oh, there we go. Hey, whoa, that's better. All right. I think we should be okay. Uh, oh. Uh, oh, God. Hey. Uh, that's weird. That's why I do this out of a parking lot in the middle. It sounds like you're calling from the 1920s. Which is well, we are plagued like it's the twenties. Yeah, okay. So I'm running into a weird issue where if I try to, if I shut off speakerphone, you guys can't hear me. Like I just. Oh, that's mm. probably why you're on the speaker. Well, yeah, because then it would if if that's the case and it's running speaker and the mic, it drops it down into like one channel quality, which means it doesn't even sound like it doesn't even sound yeah. like a modern cell phone at that point. All right. Yeah. Joe Joe plugs his headphones into his phone. So yep. That's probably why it's not. Yeah. That's what you're supposed to do. Yo, Joe. Now let's make sure it works. Yeah. <laughs> he just totally dis- There he is. There he goes. Okay. Joe, can you hear us now? Still? Yeah, it, smell- it smells like desperation and alcoholism in this channel. I must be in the right <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It still sound like the 1920. Holy balls. Wow. That's some feedback, yo. Okay, back to being quiet. No, you're no, fine. You sound good now. You're fine. It sounds better, too. Yeah, it does sound good. Ah! What the hell? Somebody have an air horn? So all I heard was like an air horn sound. I'm like, yeah. Some, some, somebody was sneaking and they got caught. That's what that was. Blink. <laughs> it's like spiked out the channel. Sounded like a clown horn. Like a really high pitched one. I, I did my squeak. You did your squeak. Oh. Oh, God, don't do that. Yeah, that was really, really loud. I've had cancer once. I don't need it in my ears. <laughs> How's that? Oh, God. That Go frank yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Your cancer is not even a thing. I know. I don't want it to be. 